Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your host, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L, where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook, honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. I wanna dance This is Ifosa. This is the Brazilian Soup No Cap Podcast. Here with me is Archie. Yo, what up? We got Jamil in the building. We got Jesse right here. Hey, hey. And we got Amber. Hi. This podcast here has been a special request. It's been long in the making and also long. This topic we've has been talked about at length. For years and years, ever since we've started the dance and long before that. Today, we will be discussing dancing as a woman, the Black woman experience. And there will be various topics we'll go through, but I'm going to pass it on to the ladies over here. Okay. What's up, y'all? My name is Jessie. I wanted to maybe start with some intentions because I feel like just hearing that this podcast is going to be like about the Black woman experience, I know is already triggering. This was a requested episode. And I think maybe in light of this Facebook post I keep seeing being shared said something like ask a Black girl to dance. And for whatever reason, people found that specific post, the wording of it offensive. And so people reached out to us to ask for us to speak on it. And I will just, I don't know. I feel like I'm tired of having this conversation. It's a conversation that I've had for like 10 years. So essentially the entire time I've been on the dance floor and I'll let Ember kind of chime in. But I think we want to approach this from a very specific point of view because this is not the first time that we've tried to approach this. I actually just pulled up the post. It is dancers, please dance with the black girls slash women at the social and it has 322 likes and 72 shares as of today. So it's been shared a lot. And it has 214 comments too on the original post. Which means people are going back and forth. Yep. Yeah. And the group chats are popping too. <laughs> I've talked about it in several group chats, all unrelated. So I don't know. For me, we've been having this conversation ever since we've entered dance. So I don't know. This is nothing new to me. This might be new to y'all. I mean, some of the comments, some people are like, all dancers matter, you know. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. I'm not even. Let's Let's just. Let's move past that. Yep. I saw those comments too. And I feel like this is the place where I want to jump into intentions because I, I feel like when people hear about the Black story, it's become a politicized thing, but we forget that there's actual people. Like we're actually people with actual experiences and we are with this podcast, at least not seeking to demonize or throw anybody under the bus, but seeking to be understood 
I think that is the greatest form of respect and love that you can show to anybody is just to try and understand. So that's what I'm asking of anybody listening to this podcast. Just come in with an open heart and an energy of just trying to understand our perspective. I was going to say, how about we start <laughs> off with possibly you two individually giving your kind of experience within the dance scene? Um, and then we can go from there because I know you have a lot of other stuff that you yeah. want to hit on. But I, th I feel like if we can get that kind of ground, that foundation, then it'll help the help everything flow a little bit better. You know, can you yeah. start as dancers first before going on to your careers and so on? Yeah, you want to start? You want me to start? You go ahead. OK, so I've been dancing multiple genres. And actually, you know what? Nashville was an anomaly nashville we had all black teachers the scene the latin scene was all black for some reason i have no idea why we had this black teacher he learned to dance casino rueda in kentucky of all places and then he just brought it to nashville and you know what he always made sure to dance with all the black women i know in nashville <laughs> the teachers became black women <laughs> so actually i didn't even realize this was really a problem until i left nashville <laughs> <laughs> and you move yeah. and where'd you move to no not even just moving oh just, gotcha you mean like, like traveling out yes traveling gotcha. outside of nashville that's when i realized oh so everywhere is not like nashville were you in the zoo scene then too or no no this is just a salsa scene like casino mm. salsa bachata okay, type stuff yeah yeah it wasn't no sensual back then i'm og but <laughs> keep moving <laughs> it was all just bachata right but yeah, and I really started to notice it in the Kizomba scene. Like the Kizomba scene is so weird because it's like all the men are pretty much black, but the people getting asked to dance from the follow side was, they were like white women. And that's when I first started to notice it in the Kizomba scene that something weird was going on. <laughs> I remember I went to Sawasawa in one year. I did not dance. I maybe danced like two times. This is like my first time going. Wow. Oh my gosh. Weekend. What? Yeah. The whole weekend. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's so like it's such amazing. a... That's a wild per Like it's such a wild realization because I feel like I had a similar energy entering kids and being like, this is the African dance. These are my people. Like, I'm going to feel so connected to it. This is so healing, feeling like, you know, you get to connect with a certain side of yourself that you don't as an African-American. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have the mm -hmm. same connection with our roots. So I was looking forward to that coming into Kizomba. And then you get there and you paid like thousands of dollars to go to this festival and you see the men, like specifically, like you'll see white women across the dance floor almost the entire time that you look at them, especially back then in 2013, 14, whatever. And you see all the black women like decorating the sides of the room. And it's just like such a bizarre experience. It's black celebrated, but not across the board, not evenly. Yeah. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. That's all. That's all like your dance experience as like a social dancer. That's all you got to say about it. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Yeah, definitely. There's bias. And then <laughs> as a dancer, you see the teachers, the black men, they have non-black partners. And again, you're like, you know, I actually asked the teacher what was going on. His name is Jamba and he lives in one of the Eastern European countries. He's Angolan. 
And I'm dropping his name because oh, yeah. he's really straight up. You dropped he all really... his details <laughs> and everything. His name John. I am familiar with him. He live in France and I don't know where he on lives. 16, 17 <laughs> Boulevard. You dropped every all the information. Here is Listen. the exact coordinates of his location. <laughs> you gonna say he's from he... Mississippi too? Right. No, he's in Golan. <laughs> and he's in Golan. He was booked to South Sideway. And I straight up asked, I'm like, why do y'all all have white partners? What is going on? And he told me he compared it to Cuba because he dances everything. He said Cuba as a country, they invest in their art. They invest in their dancing and they spread their culture all over the world through their dancing and music. He said Angola does not do that. He said Angolans, if they leave Angola, is to make money. It's not to dance. Dancing is to consider making money. So he said for him, it was very hard to find an uh, Angolan woman who wanted to dance to make money. He said when he went to Europe, he really did try to find an Angolan woman, but all he could find were like, you know, the white women who had the luxury to dance full-time because he was a full-time dancer. Like he had a dance school, that's all he did. So he said it was basically, he couldn't find an Angolan woman. That and to his credit, that wanted to dance. For yes. basically for no, not a good life income. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I pulled out of that statement. And he did eventually get a black partner. I think it was very soon after he got out of Ray. And she was his dance partner. And she so he mom. tried. So that was his explanation. He tried and then he found out of Ray. So they didn't stay together that. Or, I mean, they were together they, for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were. Yeah, eventually. Broke up, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they okay. did. Yeah. But, and there's something um, to be said for that because I think part of what he's saying is true that there are a lot of male partners, and especially at the beginning, when women weren't considered teachers. Like when I first started teaching, they were considered assistants, and that's all that they were mm -hmm. called. And so in the beginning, it was there were a lot of black women that were like not wanting to, or I guess having certain standards that they were requiring that a lot of teachers were not wanting to provide, if that makes sense, which then I think caused a lot of black women to say no, even when they did get the opportunity to teach, which I feel like almost was a form of gaslighting in a way of like, well, it's your fault that you're not being seen or visible, you know, out because we're offering you opportunities, but it's, you're offering us disrespectful opportunities. We're op you're offering us opportunities that don't honor everything that we're bringing to the dance floor, given, given the training that we've had, given the amount of money and time and experience that I've invested into this. And I feel like that's going to be somewhat of a common theme amongst some of the stories we're going to talk about today is what is offered is not always what is equal or deserve or what it sh is deserving to the black woman. And we are t punished for not taking those opportunities when we know we're worth more. So does that tie into your experience? In certain ways, I approached dance. My dancing really started like truthfully, the very beginning of my dancing journey started when I was like a toddler. Some of my first memories of dancing were in my abuelo's kitchen while they would be cooking and playing music. And so it was something that was really intrinsically tied into my my childhood and my connection to my grandparents and to my mom, because my mom was like my first dance teacher that taught me salsa. And, you know, when we would go to parties and connect with our larger family, like that was always a really big part of it. And so for me, dance was always just like this fun way to hang out with people that you really loved. 
And that was my impression of it growing up. And it was all a lot of people that looked like me, some more African presenting Latinos of various ranges, just there to have a good time and kind of show out like no bad energy. And so I remember um, my 21st birthday, uh, my mom, I made her promise to take me out to a Latin club because I was just dying to like get out there with the dancers. And I'd seen some pictures and videos online of what the salsa clubs looked like. And so I was finally old enough, turned 21, had came in and I watched these people dancing and I was just so like mesmerized because I did not know that salsa could look this way. Like I'd only seen it with a lot of spice, a lot of energy, but never like the technicality behind it. So I went to my first Latin club and I was looking around and I'm like, I'm pretty in line skill wise with a lot of the follows that I see out here on the dance floor killing it. And so I went to ask one of the teachers if they could dance with me, just because I wanted to see if I could do it. So I asked the teacher to dance with me and he kind of did that thing where he was like avoiding my eyes as I walked up. And as I approached, he just took a breath. He was like, okay. And took me out to the dance floor, gave me a couple of basic side crossbody turn passes. And when he saw that I could follow really well, he was like, oh my gosh, like you actually know how to dance. And I was like, a little bit offended because I was like, why would you assume you don't know me? Like, why would you automatically make the assumption that I can't dance, yeah. you know? So we go through it and like 10 seconds before the song even ends, like he didn't even let the song get to the end. He was like, okay, thanks. That was so great. And like kind of walked off and left me in the middle of the dance floor. And that was like the first time that I really understood that social dancing in a studio more studio influence scene is very different than dancing amongst Latinos and so I that didn't deter me honestly I was just like when you're a black woman I feel like you're raised with a certain desensitivity to rejection or to being looked down upon or getting the pity dances or whatever else you know so I like studied my butt off I was so addicted to dancing I loved it so much I was paying like thousands of dollars every month in private lessons on my little like student salary because I was like 22 at the time and going as many festivals as possible and just learning and absorbing it all I'm a really analytical mind so I was really invested in like understanding the how and the why and the history and cross training and understanding how the body works just all of it all in until the point where I was in an opportunity to be a teacher, because at this time, kids was like really just like a sparse dance. It wasn't something that was known or popular. People kept saying it was going to be a phase. We were begging DJs to play kids songs <laughs> at the club. And he did a head count. He was like, I'll play a kids song if you can give me a head count of 15 people that will come out into the dance floor. So I'd have everybody raise their hand in the audience. I was like, kids, wow. people, it was like such a specific period wow. of time in kids. Wow. And so it wasn't available in a very like consistent place in my city yet. And I knew the most. So I stepped into teaching with my first partner and we started to have some success and it was like really exciting. And I got booked as a solo artist at a festival for the first time. And I was just like over the moon, so proud of myself. I had been working so hard, like really making sure that I'd taken so many private lessons, understood the technique. And the organizer pulled me aside and he was like, 
you know, you're like really good. You know, I really love you as a teacher. I love the energy you bring. Like you're a really great dancer. And he's, I see that you're working with this guy. And at the time he had a girlfriend that was white and she was a dancer as well. And he's like, you know, I see you working with this guy and I see his girlfriend's white and that she's really interested in dance. He's, I just want to prepare you for the fact that when he gets good enough, he will leave you for the white girl. And my stomach sank and my heart just broke. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean he's going to leave? Did he say something? And the guy was like, no, no, he didn't say anything. But I just want you to like really think about all the demos you've seen. He's like, how many have you seen with a black woman as a partner? And at that point, it was like maybe one or two. And he was like, exactly. He's once people get good enough, he's they desire a white partner. And what was really like upsetting about this is that he wasn't saying this to be mean. Like he was actually a pretty decent friend of mine. He said this trying to prepare me, like trying to strengthen me because he'd known so many people that had that experience. And I feel like that really, I'm like, it sucked that he had to say that. And that was the environment that I was coming up in. But I'm really thankful that he did because while that particular scenario didn't play out, there were other instances that just made me feel so alienated and isolated as a Black woman, like talking to other people in the scene around me, they weren't experiencing these same problems the way I was. And it wasn't until I started talking to other Black women that I realized it is a consistent problem, but it's only a consistent problem for certain people, if that makes sense. And so coming up, I don't know, I think I'll stop there. I'll pause there. Those are like the beginning years of like me social dancing and then moving into moving into teaching. And that was already a struggle with so many different layers to it, because I feel like not only was I trying to establish legitimacy as like a Black woman, but women in general at that time were fighting to be legitimate. Because like I said, we were only considered assistants at that point in time. And we weren't really allowed to speak and present ourselves as teachers. So there was a lot going on at that point in time. Do you feel like, because you said something about like studio dancing, you kind of said that at the beginning. Do you feel like there's a difference between how this takes place in a dance scene via like studio, festival, hotel, etc., versus like in the club or on the street, mm-hmm. like street dancing, house parties, like more street. If mm-hmm. we're looking at salsa, for example, like street salsa versus like uh, what ballroom salsa. Do you feel like there's a difference or is it like the same equally across the board? That's a good question. And I want to start with maybe a disclaimer before I answer it and saying, I want to call out some privileges that I have (laughs) that I know differentiate my experience from other people's. So one, I'm mixed. That's an advantage in certain areas. And then it can also be a disadvantage in other areas, like just considering what I'm mixed with Black and Puerto Rican. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes in certain situations that affords me privilege, I'm more on the like lighter downside. Yeah, Yeah, I'm more on the light skin side. So I also want to call out that that is a privilege that I've benefited from that I try really hard to like, always process and speak on my memories from that lens of knowing that this is my situation. And this is how I experienced it, but it may be worse for other people. So before I say all that, or now that I've said all that, I will say that there is a huge amount of colorism 
in Latino spaces. Like it is like very toxic. It's very similar to racism in America. Some of the standard things that I feel like if you have like older Southern black grandparents, you'll probably have experienced like maybe them trying to give you a bleach bath to make your skin lighter or like really harshly manipulating your hair so that it can look straighter. So in certain Latino areas where there were more like Afro-centered people, yes, I definitely felt a difference. I feel like it was a lot more about who brought swag and who was showing out on the dance floor. I feel like the focus was a lot more on the dance itself in more of a personality. If you're showing off in a studio setting, it's a lot more about like how many spins can you do and how big can you make it? And yeah. that's the way that they compete. Whereas I feel like if you're street dancing in a Latin club or whatever else, it's more about like, how are you styling it? How swaggy do you look? Like how good does your girl look? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A lot mm -hmm. more about energy. And so in that way, it's a lot easier for people to gain respect rather than based off of its other factors. And I feel like because we've removed the business side of it and the money-making aspect, it's a lot easier for people to embrace people of all colors, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, we're showing out on the dance floor, but at the end of the day, after this is done, we're all going to go out and we're all going to grab some like tacos on the way home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does for sure. Yeah. So that is it's so interesting because obviously, so if somebody's listening to this, or even I think as a good conversation piece, is the almost just like the straightforward question is why? Like, why do you think it happens within certain I don't even want to say within certain sex, period. Like, why do you think it happens? Why do you think it black women have such a different experience when it comes to dance than any other type of woman or person um, in general uh, but we're talking about women right now though okay um, so yeah like i kind of was talking to somebody about this the other day a little bit and it's the best thing that i could come up with is, is two things representation right because we don't see in the studio setting or social dance setting with classes and stuff we like you said we don't see black teachers black women being represented in the scene like we just, we just shared a, vid, a photo the other day of a an advertisement for some kisomba thing where like you it's all black leads and all the women teachers were all white or mestizo or whatever so then when people go out on the social dance floor and look for folks to that they desire to dance with or whatever they automatically go to what they see uh, in terms of like the teachers and whatnot, right? So there's that bit. And then there's also like, I guess maybe it kind of all, every, it all blends in together, like this otherism kind of deal where like, like I said, like they like black women aren't what we typically see as like these good dancers or these teachers or instructors or whatever. And so you could, it, it kind of, I don't want to necessarily compare and say that there's the similar experience, but if you don't look like, the say take Brazilian Zouk for example if you don't look athletic if you don't have this certain type of hair if you don't have this certain type of skin color then people are probably <laughs> they're like they're going to walk past you unfortunately uh you know on the dance floor and go to what they have this idea of good Brazilian Zouk dancer as a follow is so then um, go ahead I'm just going to keep writing down the questions as they come to my head so yeah wouldn't that then create some sort of feedback loop on which 
because we don't we don't think. see we don't see it so then yeah. people don't believe that they can do it yeah and oh, then yeah yeah it's starting to become a a never-ending thing it's just a cycle of hey because we do not see representation yeah we also people are not seeing that they or people are not believing that they can even though they have the ability and talent personality and training years etc not that any of those things are required but they have all those things but they because they don't see it all the time and they don't believe in it it's just like feeding back into each other and then just denying people of opportunities that could be created for themselves and others yeah from what i've heard like it will deter people from even going into a certain dance uh, if they don't see the representation or they don't they're not getting asked to dance or whatnot then they'll end up quitting and then all of you know all of the people that that we want to see out there or i want to see as instructors or teachers or just be danced with then those folks start to leave and so we just don't we don't have anymore i think representation is definitely part of it one thing that I was I've talked to a lot of people on this, because like I said, I only have my own experience yeah. and it's from a very specific point of view. And I got some really amazing quotes. And one of them is, she said, it's like they like black woman cosplay, but they don't like the actual black woman that comes along with it. And I mm-hmm. felt like that hit me so hard yeah. because I feel like it's not the way that we dress because I see a lot of women emulate what a traditionally, I don't need traditional, but uh, what black style is, black woman style, yeah. like not just yeah. the clothing, but hairstyle. I've seen them. Yeah, they've taken our protective hairstyles and not like just braids, but like crochet braids. Like if you know what that is, that's like a very specific protective style that black women use to protect their hair. So it's not necessarily the clothing, um, and it's not the way we look where I feel like I would like to talk about training is like a separate thing, but like train people say we don't train and I have feelings as to why they think that. But when you look at statistics, like I looked at some statistics from the National Center for Education Statistics, and it said that black women make up 68% of people holding associate's degrees, 66% of people holding bachelor degrees, and 71% of people holding master's degrees, and 65% of doctoral and dental degrees, doctoral, medical, and dental degrees. So across the board, and this was taken in 2019, so relatively recently, recently. So across the board, women are some of the most educated people. So why? people assume that training is the issue or wanting to invest in training is the issue. I feel like that's not a legitimate reason. No, it's I not agree. authentically. Didn't we hear that on the, that live the other day of, of, of your boy being the messenger? Yeah. Right. Oh. He said that, I guess the hunters don't think that black women train or some, something oh. like that. Or some mess. Oh. I don't Which is ironic I because based off of that statistic that Jesse just said on top of, I mean, I guess, it's possible you wouldn't know this if you were just not around black women at all, but black women are some like that statistic backs up that they are like the hard, some of the hardest working people that I know, you yeah. know, some of the yeah. hardest working people in society. But ahead, you also Amber. have to, you also have to think of why we feel the need to get so many degrees. It's because we feel like we, we have to, and why we have to get so much training exactly that's it because mm-hmm. yeah. to get what a normal person has 
we have to do two, three, four, five, six extra steps just mm-hmm. to get the bottom. So that's why mm-hmm. being a black woman, we always feel we have to overcompensate on everything. And mm-hmm. it's crazy too, because somebody could be like, why are you talking about quote unquote, the real world? But you got to understand mindset doesn't stop at the door of a exactly. certain sect of society. Yeah. Like exactly. you, you have a mindset that is a part of who you are. So if you step into another realm and you're like, I want to achieve this, that same mindset is going to be carried on with you. So that's right. why it's relative to talk about the real world stats in comparison to like the dance scene. Exactly. And that was like going to be okay. So for before I even go there, like training even when you're talking about overcompensating right like even when you have reached these insane levels of like training I've been in the dance scene for 10 years teaching for at least like seven of them I feel like like a big chunk of time and a couple months ago I went to Miami and I taught along with Shafia who is another if you know Shafia another incredibly well-rounded, well-studied teacher, both of us lead and follow proficiently. Like I, the entire weekend, I feel like we were majority leading. We teach really well, have international dance credits and a student questioned us the entire time that we were teaching. Like stop class to question us every single time we said something. Stuff like, actually, isn't it more like this? And I heard this other teacher teach it like this. Are you sure oh, that's the right way? Lord. And Are you sure? That is annoying. Wow. In the middle of class. And this same student, I got a message in Miami uh, from Miami. The same student went to Felician's class, who is a white male and had no questions about the technique he was teaching. And it's one of those things where it's like people could just make the excuse of, well, maybe he prefers a style and the way he said things or whatever else. But Mm. it just what you question both me and Shafia who teach very differently and come from different angles. You know what I mean? What's crazy is the questioning thing within itself is bad, but the mindset that to, to think that I actually have the right to be outwardly disrespectful in the middle of this class, questioning the teacher is a whole nother thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, like there's it's two two faults that happened in that moment. And I'm like, yeah, questioning your skill level, that is definitely bad in the conversation. But also you really felt like you had a place because whatever reason you think, and obviously we know why we would assume you feel like you have the right to just interrupt this class every second to <laughs> question what's being taught. But you just really feel like that. That's wild to me. That's wild. To me. I'm so petty. I'm like, hey, everybody, what's your name? What's your name? Marcus. Okay, everybody, give it up. Marcus is going to be teaching the remainder of this class. We're going to step back. Marcus, go right ahead. Do your thing. Have y'all seen Chef's Table? Yeah. No. Nah. So is it not Chef's Table? I'm tripping. What's the movie? The crazy movie where they were on the island. And, oh, um, uh, um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It oh, just came out, right? It just came out. I gotta look it yeah. up. I gotta look it up right now. It's like there's like a, a the energy generator thing. The, is there an egg involved in the? I think there's. <laughs> no, I don't think on. so. No. I'm about to look it up right now. Hold on. Yeah. I can, was I can, egg a part of the plot? <laughs> I can look. No, it. It was actually kind the of... menu. It was called the menu. There you go. The menu. Oh, menu. I thought we were. I thought we were talking about knives out. My no, bad. No. 
Have you seen the minion? No. Yeah, I see. I've seen it. Yeah. So you know no, the part but... y'all haven't seen it. So there's a part where this guy. He... Spoiler <laughs> alert! If you have not seen the menu, there is a part on the movie where this guy who love like he loves the idea of being a chef. He knows all the lingo. He knows all of the details as far as book smarts and everything like that. And he always mm. talks down to people, mm. even these top chefs that are cooking in the kitchen, because he knows all this information. And the movie is very dark. It ends up being very dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good, though. And there's a part in the movie where the chef is so petty and he's like, all right, we're going to bring oh boy up here and just put a coat on him because he knows all this information, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, all right, for the rest of the for the rest of this course, we're going to bring him into the kitchen and let him cook. And he's going to do his thing because the chef knows this dude doesn't know anything. He just knows book smart stuff. And so he's let's let this guy cook and blah, 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 brings him into the kitchen. And the dude has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea how to cook. He ends up looking like a fool because he knows everything in his head. And he has this bold, just like entitlement, thinking he can speak to anybody however he wants to because he knows all this knowledge. And he ends up looking like a fool. I'm not going to go on to any other spoilers in the movie, but... That's my pettiness. I'm literally like, all right, if somebody did that to me in class, bro, it would be so hard to not want to do that and be like, all right, let him teach. Legitimately, that is so hard. And it's hard not only because you want to keep your professionalism. Like as a teacher, when you're being disrespected like that in front of a group of students, like you, (laughs) I'm spicy at the mouth, as previously stated. You want to snap back. But as soon as you do that, you now get labeled as intimidating or having an attitude. Any sort of passionate display of emotion from a black woman automatically gets you labeled as intimidating hard to work with like so mean angry black woman every single time even though like people are not wanting to acknowledge what is triggering that response they don't take the time they just see the response and label you as the problem i got a question that kind of goes with the why you think it's like this question the question is do you feel like subconsciously or not subconsciously just straight up do you feel like attraction plays a part in who people ask to dance attraction yes yeah, yeah for sure yes and yeah. No. okay I feel so, like, yeah yes and no. yes and no okay yeah. because yeah. My, I, I asked that because i don't know i want to hear what y'all think yeah i want to hear y'all's answers go ahead what did they say dancing is a um a vertical expression of a horizontal desire have y'all heard that quote yes i've heard that <laughs> I before I, 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 <laughs> I think that um up to a certain point yeah like people are going to be drawn towards the women that they are attracted to but i also feel like there's another part of they're drawn towards the women that make them look good you know what i mean like not just yeah they make them look good so what i find sometimes and then the other side sorry i'm talking in circles now because one there are people that sleep with a lot of black women in the scene but then don't acknowledge them in public you know what i mean i also feel like when i'll just leave it at that that mm-hmm. i feel like yes sometimes it plays a role in why people ask other people to dance but i'm like i've heard so many stories of these guys coming on to black women but only on the low 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've seen on socials and people have stated this on social that European or Eurocentric features tend to do better in videos and so on. I have heard and, that as well. I've heard people say that. They've said uh, stuff like, oh, for marketing purposes, to reach more people, it's yeah. more marketable so, and palatable to have a black man and a white woman, et cetera. Let me tell y'all about that. What I heard a teacher say, this is a very, very popular. He said, black men need to choose white partners. He said, because if you see, huh. a, if the market you want to reach white women, for some reason, he thought that was a target demographic. Maybe because it's teachers from Europe. I don't know. But he said if white women if white women see a black girl up there healing it, they're not gonna feel like they can do it. But if they see a white woman up there, they feel like they can do it. What kind of bullshit is that? I now, mean, like like we've been saying, representation. Representation. But ask yourself, yeah. as crazy and off balance as that is, and as wrong as it is. Do you think that a lot of white women aren't thinking that way? Oh, they, I'm sh- sure they're thinking a billion ways. Now, I'm like, <laughs> like I said, I don't think that That's it's good right. I don't think it's right. And I'm not saying it's right. Okay. And this is not justifying me going into saying, but. Yeah. However, which is another way of saying, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm going to say is black mm-hmm. women, ha- most of them have such a natural rhythm and a natural flavor. Let me say it's not natural. It's because we grew up, you know, when you grow up, you, you get do, roasted. Yeah. you get I, roasted. Yeah. Well, I, I think no. you, so you, grow, you grow up around something so no. long that it almost becomes natural. Right. Now, like black girls, yeah. we grow up, we do cheers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we used to stand around and do our little cheers. With clapping and then you know we used to do our yep. little hand games right, right, for right, rhythm yeah. you know so it's not natural it's just we grew up having rhythm and movement embedded in, in our culture since a child i agree you know yeah. so i don't want to say it's natural like we're you know you just came out the room better right we've had to build and work to that yeah. so when we're 18 19 adults it can come easier to us. That makes a ton of sense. That makes that, and then also sense. how much like how much of our like how many of you all have memories of your parents dancing in the house or dancing around you? Like I feel right. like black culture is also so rich in like familial dancing. Or you go to the cookouts and the aunties are doing the hustles with their little solo cups. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like, we yeah. do part we of the do culture. the electric slide. That's choreographed in it's a staple it's a staple in right. black culture. Black we got the remixes sucks. to the electric slide yeah. that we oh. all do. Oh. Also the music. True. Brazilian Zook music, ghetto Zook music is R and B and Zook. So Ooh. we grew up with R and B music. So there are a lot of things that actually work in the favor of black women being quote-unquote naturally better at the dance gotcha mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. i don't know there's something in me that that say that there was a lot of representation of black women as teachers in various dance genres and scenes or whatever i still feel like white women would want to explore i don't know they, there's like their hands in everywhere in terms of just curiosity like they want to explore this other flavor of dancing and i like, get it whatnot, you because know I, mean? so. I get it because salsa is in my culture yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. So in terms of uh, Archie's question, I don't know if there's 
that much of if they would have that hesitation if they see black teachers there that oh I can't do this thing. They're gonna oh, do the thing I got you. It's there. Also, also, I feel like Black women are so for everyone. If there's somebody in a quarter crying or alone or whatever else, Black women are just so willing to be there for everyone. That's very true. They try and like have that. We're the first one to be down for the cause for let's make this right. Let's make this better. So this whole like white woman is a poster child thing, it feels like not necessarily for marketing, but again, one of those continuation of the real world issues where they consider it a status symbol. Like it's maybe known amongst the Black community. I don't know how well it's known in other communities that like when you get to a certain point, there's the joke that you trade your Black wife for a white one. And I know growing up as a Puerto Rican, like they would encourage the darker skinned people to marry a white person to to make the race better and so I feel like that is definitely playing into a lot of these people's minds as they come to dance they become somebody for the first time and they get this sort of like international recognition that they wouldn't get otherwise and how better to celebrate it than just to trade up with a a nice white partner you know what I mean yeah I see that a lot I see that a lot that's nasty in the scene as a whole do you think, and then I want you to continue on with your with the stuff that you have that you want to talk about, yeah. but I'm interested in this. Some of the stuff I'm like genuinely interested in as far as I'm not asking it for other people. Feel like, what do you feel like in the scene as a whole on average, it's more subconscious or blatant? I don't, at this point, I don't see how it's not blatant. If you see a whole lineup of white women and non-black, Man, I don't see how it's blatant. Mm-hmm. How it's not blatant, <laughs> rather. It's some of these flyers. Some of these flyers. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Not even some of that. We we've seen a festival called the Wakanda Festival. Wakanda Fest- Come oh on, my like God, yeah, you, we've seen that. Wakanda and Festival and not a single black woman on the flyer. You got a million people on there and not a single black woman. Not one. It's madness. So I'm, I will ask this as well. We see mainly this happen in Europe and less in the U.S., correct, in your opinion? It happens nope. in the U.S. It yeah. does. <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying mainly. Here's my thoughts. I feel like there were enough concerted efforts in the U.S. that we were able to make a difference. And I'm going to specifically speak to the kids scene because I feel like the kids scene is known for having better representation than other genres. But it took a fighting force of Black women coming together and deciding that we were going to link up together to fight for visibility Mm -hmm. and to fight for respect. And like, I'm going to use the specific example of Queen Melanin. So for those that weren't around at the time of Queen Melanin, I'm pretty sure it was like 2017, 2018. This was during another time period in which Black women in the dance scene were a topic of discussion. And there was an organizer in Atlanta that said that Black women don't get dances because they don't train. And he decided to say that really loudly on a Facebook post. And there was a lot of like backlash pictures of Black women posting themselves dancing, saying, we're here, we dance, we're seen. And out of that, about five Black women teachers decided to get together and make a group called Queen Melanin. 
And the only thing we wanted was just to be able to show Black women that we existed and we were there in dance and that this is something that you can achieve as well. That was like the only goal. And we like the name Queen Melanin just because it's cute. Like, why not acknowledge our Blackness? Because that is one of the big things that we are tied together with. And the only thing, we never really posted anything political. I don't think we even really posted anything outrageously racial. We just called ourselves something that designated us as Black. And to the, we got we got hired at a couple of festivals, I think three different ones. And we just taught lady styling classes at the time, some lady styling technique. It was five of us teaching all together. One time we assisted Guani when he came to Afro Summer. And you would have thought that we were the Black KKK from the response we got from the dance scene. Really? We were called racist. We were called clicky. We were called exclusionary. We were called mean girls. We were called like, it was just like, you would have thought we were Jim Crow. It was insane the amount of harassment. And it was like, not just from people of other races, like, some of the loudest dissenters were black men, which was so heartbreaking because yeah. of the struggle. You may not experience it yeah. the same in dance because black men do get a certain amount of privilege, but everybody was against us during that time for trying to make a space for ourselves to be seen. And while Queen Mellon and ended up being disbanded just because it was like way too much on top of trying to manage our own individual careers or partnerships and local scenes um, it became too much to kind of handle that much weight but out of that spawned some really powerful leaders that are still working today in the kiss scene and because I feel like we do have that visibility a lot of black women are drawn to the urban kiss scene because they feel seen they feel safe one of the quotes that I got from talking to people is you know I'm so tired of this this is a this a this dance scene is taking such an emotional toll on me that I'm finding myself going to more urban kids events because I see more black women there and I feel more celebrated. As opposed to Brazilian Zouk events. Yeah, this is definitely wildness. And it's, I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak plainly. I'm not going to do this whole English shit right now. No cap. Let's go, Fosa. Yeah, not to see men being a part of the group of dissenters arguing black women deal with enough bullshit in their day-to-day lives the fact that and, and as black men we see it we it's not like we can we exactly. can't close exactly. we can't close our eyes to it we see it mm. and the more they struggle through bullshit is the more we gonna end up struggling through it too because it when it comes for them it comes for us too but to see them but worse create, because they're also women Yes, mm-hmm. to see them create yeah. a, a group to build themselves up. It's not like I, we know black women be put when they see struggle, they don't want others struggling. So they when they build themselves up, they building everyone up anyway. What's good for them is good for everyone else. So to see them create a group and to hear it got disbanded, I'm like, <laughs> to, to me, I'm new to I'm new to kids kizomba. It's the reason I actually. And trying to migrate from Brazilian Zouk to over that scene is because I want to see, I want to be around more black people and hang out and do more dances with them. And but to see, to hear, I thought the, the group was still existing. No, because I'm like, I because I see y'all run black women run shit all the time. I'm like, the teachers, I'm like, the best teachers I've had are black women. 
And yeah. I'm here thinking, oh, the group, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got, we got stronger <laughs> together and we still fight. To hear disbanded today is appalling. And then to hear that niggas is out here running their mouth saying nonsense, arguing. Like, I can see that from other people. But to hear, like, actual nigga niggas saying shit, it, to me, it, it pisses me off. And and I'm sure it was the, some of the most prominent of teachers, some of the most prominent of black men, some of the most, like, who got their start from being around another black woman. You know, look, every black man knows this. The road to success starts with a black woman. It don't matter. Like, you, you already know that. So to see that just get happen over and over again, to get tossed aside, that's... That that's some bullshit, and that's that's something I want to call out on all of us black men. Like that, there's there's a lot we could do better. And yeah, it's wild because those same black women be hiring them same black men that was talking all that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's ironic because there's no like the scene. The scene cannot be anything but elevated with what you guys were doing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. There's no negativity that can come out of supporting or celebrating or anything like that because with that same argument being clicky or whatever that can be used towards any group of people that are teaching if you want to be real so it's definitely frustrating and extremely honestly it's really heartbreaking that that happened in that way because the only thing that could have done was cause the value of the scene to increase. You Archie, know? do you remember the Queen Melanie time? I, like, what I, was I, your perspective of it? I, I thought it was great. And I remember it. I, was, I saw you guys rocking and I was like, oh, this is dope. I don't know the ins and outs of what happened of why it, like why you stopped. Like this, this is my first time hearing the depth of the ins and outs of why you stopped. But I saw it and thought it was dope. Yeah. I thought that it was amazing it's always crazy to me whenever i hear about like black dudes that speak negatively about stuff like that because in my head i'm like bro like what tupac say how can i hate a black woman when i came from a black woman type stuff mm. Let's speak on, yeah. come on. you know i'm just like let's go lyrics your mama black yeah they in my head bro your mama black <laughs> you got black aunties your grandma black like that kind of stuff just trips me out yeah like to me it's like you said, like you came from a black woman, you were raised around black women, you see the black struggle as a whole. And then to know that black women have it so much harder than black men do, just because for the simple fact that they're women and they're black, the struggle that exists. So like, why not support them? It's not coming from a place of negativity. It's not coming from a place of trying to put others down. Like Jesse said, it's you're they're creating a space for them to succeed. And then to have it, like they say, it'd be your own people, you know, that, that, Honestly. that try to bring you down. So, I, yeah, I don't know. That To me, that you're also saying that it's just kind of, it just pisses me off, too. It makes me sad. Go ahead, Amber. I think it comes from, like we say in this podcast, this is like a microcosm of the real world. It comes mm-hmm. from a place of yeah. Black men wanting a closer proximity to whiteness. So mm-hmm. you're going to align yourself with the, the people in power which is whiteness 
Yeah, I feel like I've said this before, but when you enter the dance scene, it is a microcosm of the real world, except for the black man. I feel like the black man's journey from the real world to the dance world is so fascinating. And I want to do a whole episode on the black man's journey. Um, But you go from being like seen as this social pariah like people crossing the street to get away from you when they see you and alone like not wanting to take elevators with you like all of this stuff just seeing you as terrible just for being black and then you go to the dance scene and it is the exact opposite like you are the (laughs) king of the world like girls are dying to get your crooked Saidas. Yeah. It does not matter to them. Just your because you are crooked <laughs> Saidas. Damn. Wow. <laughs> y'all, let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all. I see it every time Anthony comes out to dance with me. I'm, tell- I'm telling you, he cannot do a partner dance for nothing. But as soon as he steps on the dance floor, women flock to him and he literally dances all night long. And I don't understand it. I don't I, understand it. It's I because he's—I don't know—he's black and he got locks, so maybe he had. He and looks African. like African, and he's African, right? Locks, locks are, are secret, secret weapon. weapon. They're a secret weapon, Is that man. It? Is that I, it? I went to Kizomba Festival. I didn't ask nobody to dance because I, my ass was scared to embarrass myself, which I still did. But like, yo, the <laughs> white women did not care. I mean, I they, 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 actually, I'm like. I know it's only because I'm black and I'm wearing this African outfit that they asking me. Like, and then when they dance with me, they see I'm complete dog shit. And they're saying, nah, peace, goodbye. I'm like, yo. Dang. But shout out to the black women that did dance with me because, yo, y'all took care of me even when I was out here just sitting in my little corner trying to hide and not dance. But y'all stuck through it with me. I I really am appreciative of y'all. But I don't yeah, know. Nah, I remember that. I was like, yo, I'm like, I know I'm ass, but like, yo, like, at least I have a little potential. That's, but nah, that, I don't, oh, bro. Yeah, that shit was terrible. But I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to go too heavy into but talking about the only about reason your... I brought that up. Yeah. The only reason I brought that up is to say, I don't want to dog on the black man, but I just wanted yeah. this to serve as maybe an eye opening thing because I know when you have something that you're perceiving as like this ultimate come up, it can be hard to feel like you want to sacrifice that. When you're at the top of the world and you know that you would have to in some way dismantle this structure to bring somebody else up, it's a little bit easier to say, well, I don't see it. I don't know, man. Maybe you should train more. Maybe you should change your clothes. Mm. Maybe you should. It's definitely something else. It's just, it's not racism because I'm not experiencing it. And so I just wanted to point that out to the Black men that may be listening of giving opportunity the same way I started the podcast for everyone else black men like have enough empathy to consider that somebody else's experience may be different from yours and that you are extending them empathy and understanding your experiences are real and valid but we also have to allow for the validity of other people's experiences and treat them as real even if you are not experiencing that yeah for sure for sure I agree with that Man, yeah. it's black man support. Support black women, man. That's all I'm going to say about that. And then I'm going to let you guys keep on going. All right. But that's not to leave everyone else off the hook because all y'all know where it's to No, for sure. But, for hey, sure. but it definitely starts for with black sure, men. It definitely sure, starts with black men. It's almost, I'll say it like this. You just feel different. And I'm yeah. not going to try to speak for black women. 
but I'm going to say how I would perceive this is what it feels like. And then y'all can tell me if I'm off my rocker or not. It's like being disrespected by somebody on the street and you're just like, eh, whatever. I don't even know him. Somebody on the street versus walking into your house and getting respected by like your sibling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It hits harder and it, it hits harder and you're like, it shouldn't be like this. So, so let yeah. me ask you Go all ahead. then, do you, what are your observations as black men, like about the issue of black women? Because I know what I see and I feel because it impacts me regularly. Like every time I step onto the dance floor into a dance space, there's always something. But what are you observing from the outside perspective? Yeah, I, I think, like I said earlier, I mean, well, like the lack of representation, but also like walking into a social, whether it's at a locally or abroad or something like that, like you regularly see like black women just sitting down, not being asked to dance. And then I hear the complaints and then I'm like, oh yeah, like I see it with my own eyeballs. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I, I just will never understand how somebody could go against that word other than the fact that like, it's not their experience. But then like, y'all don't, y'all don't be seeing this. Yo, really? Like legitimately, that's what it feels like. As a black woman, you'll be like, hey, nobody's asking me to dance. And they're like, nah, it's not you. And it's but for real. Like, are you not seeing this? Like a weird cognitive dissonance. So I we were talking, I feel like in the first part, we were talking a lot about teacher instructor dynamics Mm -hmm. versus just like a random social dancer who's not really pulling any sort of financial gain or needing to be marketed in the scene. So speaking specifically which is where it gets weird in the sense that what are you losing or gaining in this specific realm if you are not earning any sort of revenue from the scene example we're talking about flyers which are completely if you look at a flyer (laughs) i don't understand how you cannot see something how you cannot see what we're talking about but if you're looking at just like a person who's coming into the festival social dancing I don't understand, like, my brain has a hard time understanding the why, you know? And maybe it's because of my background and my upbringing and et cetera, et cetera. But I have a hard time understanding the why whenever it comes to why a person, or not why a person, but why it's so uncommon for Black women to get asked to dance more. You know, is it because, and maybe these are like little rhetorical, is it because none of the guys are asking anybody to dance and everybody's asking them to dance and the majority of people that are asking to dance are white or non-black? Is it because whenever they see a black woman, they're like, especially if it's somebody that they don't know, they're like, she looks intimidating. Because a person I feel like can easily say this isn't true. And it's possibly because you're friends with a lot of women that are black and Mm -hmm. you're dancing with them. So mm-hmm. maybe think about it in the sense that like, how do I treat black women that I don't know versus black women that I do know? Maybe mm-hmm. just something to think about. But mm-hmm. I feel like I don't, my brain has a hard time kind of understanding what the, what that the answer to that is outside of, go ahead. This is what I heard. Word on the street. In white the women, white women are more aggressive and asking for dances okay so let me tell you it's because black women i feel like culturally we're taught do not chase a man 
we're not going to chase a man on the dance floor. We're not going to chase a man off the dance floor. But is that... What's up? No, I was going to say, is that not like a common thing amongst just women in general? Not I don't know. I can't speak... Being courted and... I can't speak for white women. I don't know. I don't know. For black women, we don't chase Mm -hmm. men. You don't want to look thirsty. Yeah. To concur with what she said, for the longest time... It isn't until recently, I feel like, that a lot more Black women are asking to dance. Because yeah. for a long time, it was like, no, like, we get asked to dance. You yeah. don't ask to dance. Yeah. I, but I didn't yeah. see that. I didn't see that across the board as my time in the scene. But continue, Amber. I'm sorry. Like, I have noticed at more predominantly Black Kizomba events, like, what happens is Black women, we just sit, and the men, they dance. They bring the girl back to sit and they just go down the line. Like nobody mm. is running up to them, chasing them. Yeah. But I do notice at more predominantly white events, people will come to the floor damn near before the dance even finishes asking for a dance. And yeah. I'm no, I'm not going to be all up in that, you know. Yeah, fighting the dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like see, what I'm gonna yeah, look yeah. like fighting for a man. That's definitely not right. black women culture. <laughs> so you. this is what I heard that they're more aggressive in asking for dances. So gotcha. how do you? No, I I just said what I thought before. I I've seen that to be something that's very true in my opinion. I think that if I look at even at my experience in the scene, and like I, and that's adding. The adding the inflation of the last three years or so, whenever more black women have begun to ask to dance versus previous three years, even with that, I would say for me personally, and my entire time in the dance scene, I've been asked way more to dance by women that aren't black versus women that are black. And that's not to say that I haven't danced with a lot of black women because right. I've asked them. And that's not to say that I haven't been asked to dance by black women because I have. But I'm saying if you're looking at the comparison next to. So I think that's I think that's true. I'll let them answer. <laughs> and I, I'll let them answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I'm not sure because my I haven't traveled so much for Kizomba festivals or anything. My my experience has mostly been traveling for Brazilian Zouk and whatnot, and, and the representation for Black women in that scene is very sparse. Even social dancing. So, I, yeah, I'm getting asked to dance by people who aren't Black, but also I have experienced people who are Black, women who are Black, that come and ask me to dance as well. Just, I guess, just the numbers are off in mostly Brazilian Zouk scenes and whatnot, you know. And then, like, when I go to when I have gone to Kizomba Social here in like DC or something like that, it's primarily Black follows in those socials. So yeah, I'm getting asked to dance by Black women in there, but gotcha. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's why for hard. me, your ratio that you're in is making it hard for you to really like give a artic- like a proper response. Mm-hmm. I guess is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's the rep- like for me the whole thing with starts with representation. So there's not a lot of Black women in the Brazilian Zouk scene. But the numbers are growing as of lately, I feel like. But when I was first starting out in social dancing in, in Brazilian Zouk, it's just, it's not that many Black women in the scene there. The fact that Jamil can't even give a response because there's not enough of a sample size in Brazilian yeah. Zouk is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. That is fucking crazy to me. 
And DC, DMV is one of the blackest regions in the country. It is yeah. the blackest region. Like I've been to several scenes and it is, DMV. but so the way that gentrification be happening <laughs> in DC, you know what I'm saying? To like follow up on the original question of talking about white women asking for dances versus black people sitting. And I have a couple of thoughts of that. Number one, I feel like black women are brought up with a culture of you, if you work hard enough, you will be rewarded for your work. You will be acknowledged. It will come naturally to you. Whereas I feel like white women are taught that everything is available to you. You know what I mean? There's no bars holds. Like you add the world is at your grasp and like black women are not taught specifically that way. It's a lot of do the work and the reward will come. And mm. so I feel like sitting is a part of that culture is I've worked really hard. I dance. These people know who I am. Like they should ask me to dance. And I had to break myself of that because I definitely felt, especially because you see so many white women getting asked to dance, or not just white women, but women of other races getting asked to dance effortlessly when they're like a weekend and are stumbling through dances. You feel like, well, if they know what I can do and they they know what I'm able, they know me as a person, we've connected them, like, why aren't they asking me to dance? Because... Mm -hmm. The leads are making time and finding time to ask other people that they want to dance mm -hmm. out onto the dance floor. So why is it me specifically that has to go out and make the effort? Because even if the leads are like for the majority like of the night hounded by follows and not able to dance with everyone they want, I listen to them talk post-festival and they're like, oh yeah, I managed to ask this person and this person to dance. And it's like, so somewhere in that melee, you were able to make time to ask these people to dance. And we're watching and we're seeing these beginner follows of other races being asked to dance when they're brand new here. So then it starts to feel weird that it's like I've put in time and effort and I'm not getting the same treatment. So that's number one. Number two, I feel like culturally, um, and this is speaking from a Latino background, when we go mm -hmm. to parties, we don't really, we're socialized not really to ask strangers to dance unless it's like a studio setting. That was like a very brand new thing. Like you- Very much so. Yeah, and especially not the women. Like you are definitely looked down on if you're a woman in a purely Latino club going out and asking really? people to dance. Like your label is fast. Oh my gosh, yeah, wow. that's so inappropriate. That's so inappropriate. Huh. And I feel like that does somewhat linger in black culture and some studio culture. Like that post the other day where this is a whole other side topic, but like, the guy went off because, or one of the girls was upset in Zook Nerds because a guy asked her boyfriend permission for her to dance. That's something that Latino culture does to show respect in the club. You know what I mean? So some of that yeah. energy of how we interact in other spaces, I feel like carries over into dance. Mm -hmm. And my last thought on that is why... Would I, as a Black person, go bum rush you on the dance floor <laughs> when <laughs> I walked in the door, you averted your eyes from me. I feel so unwelcome. People are actively avoiding me. Why yeah. would I make myself vulnerable and put myself out there to be asked to dance in front of a group of people when I'm not sure that I'm going to get the yes answer? And I know that accepting no is part of dance, but there's something very specifically demoralizing of having that happen repeatedly over the course of the night. And then, like Amber said, you go to a festival and then you don't receive a single dance at all. This is not an uncommon story of 
it's happened to me. It's happened to me as a teacher where I've asked people to dance and I went like a whole festival with nobody wanting to dance with me. And it's not, I think, due to my lack of skill level, because not to gas myself, but I'm like a, a very decent follow-up. Like I'm able to follow really well across genres. So if we're already receiving that sort of message on that's how the scene sees us, we'll get to you eventually. Or when we do get to you, you're going to get the pity dances where your people are looking over your head and the lead is trying to spot their next dance or you can tell they're counting till the song is over. Conversations are happening like while they're holding your hand. It's like, why would I put myself in that position? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't help but continue to go back to this like thing of just like the othering, right? Like you're you're just Mm. not what, you're not what the desired body looks like that folks want to dance with and maybe that kind of also ties into attracted whether or not you're attracted to 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 certain looking people like we were saying earlier right like yeah it's you don't fit the the quote-unquote standard right brazilian souk like it's looking for the flowy hair or whatever (laughs) or the athletic looking body type of deal which also like it, it all ties together if you're skin isn't lighter like some of these instructors are then guys are just steady looking to looking for that person to dance with and so it, they unfortunately might get the pity dance and then they find that one person that fits their standard in their head of who they think is a good dancer yeah it's you know? a definitely a standard and I feel like what's communicated to the black woman is you walk into dance and people like we're like families we're so close everyone comes together like Mm. everyone is one big happy group and you come in and the reality is is that you do see that community but you're not welcomed in it it's what you said you're othered and so what I feel like happens is that black women for form community with each other so when you guys were talking earlier that you were surprised Queen Melanin, Melanin disbanded, which I didn't realize people didn't know. Like that was disbanded almost a year after we did it. I didn't know. Mm. You still see us all together. It's because we formed a community with each other. There's yeah. a certain group of Black women that I just ride hard for because I know nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to share your events. I'm going to, I am willing to work staff. I'm willing to do the grunt work. I'm willing to Whatever it is, if nobody's taking pictures of you, the photographers, the videographers are ignoring you, give me your cell phone. The entire time tonight, I'm going to be videographing you. People aren't coming to your classes. I'm going to be in the front row making sure I'm yelling. Or Amber's set's coming on. I'm going to make sure that like I am there. I'm taking videos, that I'm posting about it, that everyone knows like I think Amber's the shit. And I feel like I have felt that like that presence from black women specifically, not to say that it doesn't come from other people, but the mm-hmm. energy I've received from black women willing to lift me up in that way is the only reason that I have a career in dance right now mm-hmm. and was able to get this far, even though I get so many compliments on how I'm a good teacher, and how I'm a good dancer, like the behind the scenes, the support, the love, the push was all black women. How many women do you know that are Black that have left the scene specifically because of this? Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the Brazilian Zoo No Cap Podcast. From your host, Archie, Jamiel, Ifosa, Amber, and Jesse, muito obrigado. And until next time, stay up.